Okay. So the Kuzari said, I would now like you to show me some of the remnants of your wisdom in the sciences which you mentioned that you possess. The rabbi said, one of our works is safe for Yitzirah, the book of creation by Abraham, our patriarch. It is very deep and its commentary is quite lengthy. It instructs us about God's dominion and unity as he presides over creations, which on the one hand are disparate and vary, which on the other hand are unified and harmonious. Their harmony stems from the one who has organized them. One of the teachings is Sifar, Sipor, and Sefer. Okay? So one of the teachings in the, in the Sefer Yetzirah, which really tries to focus on the fact that although the world is very, very unique and in a very disparate and, and seemingly disorganized type of place, in truth, there really is a tremendous harmony that lies behind everything, right? And, and that's an emphasis on... Um, and that's an emphasis about the Sefer Yetzirah. So they talk about the fact of the, it says Safar, which means to count. It says um, Sipor, which means to speak. And Sefer, which means to, to write something down. And they're all written with the same three Hebrew letters. Safar, mental inventory, refers to the measuring and weighing of the physical creations. In order for a physical body to be properly organized and arranged so that it can fulfill its purpose in creation, the correct number, amount, volume, and weight must be calculated for it. The properties of motion, musical arrangements, and so on, all these things must be done with an inventory or safar. This is the same thing that any builder does. He will not create a house before first imagining it in his mind. Okay? So the first thing that we do in life is we have a mental image of something. Okay? Sipur refers to speech and voice, not the kind we associate with mortals, but rather with divine speech and the voice of the living God. This speech contains the constitution and the form of the object being described according to God's will. For example, it says, God said, let there be light, and there was light. Let there be a firmament, and so forth. The production of the object was thus simultaneous with the verbal instruction. Okay? So there is this concept that the Torah focuses on that says that Hashem said, let there be, and then there was. Hashem said, let there be, and then there was. Right? This concept of that... When Hashem speaks, it automatically creates. It's hard for us to really picture it, you know, um, exactly what that means. But when Hashem uses words, it creates. Now, to be clear, that does not mean that if we would have been there at the moment of creation, right, in some sort of anachronistic worldview, and, uh, you know, somebody had, uh, we found the hidden hidden footage, right, you know, that, that documentary, the fake documentary type idea, right, hidden footage of God creating the world, we would not hear anything, okay? Because the, the the way in which God is communicating is not communicating in, in a perceptible sound waves. Okay? These are these are sound waves that are beyond um, beyond any sort of human comprehension. Safer okay? um, physical inscription refers to writing, and divine writing is the creations themselves. So, what does this mean? This means that writing is when somebody takes an instrument and puts something down on some sort of a blank paper or style, you know, tablet or whatever it might be, right? But they put something down and leaving behind the writing. Okay? So you, you take your, your pen, your paper, your pencil, whatever it is that you're using to make the marks and you make your marks and that is left behind. So the divine writing is the actual creations that exist. All three are interrelated as divine speech is his writing and divine measurement is his speech, right? Because they're very much associated with each other. If we said that, the Sipar, which is the God speaking, creates automatically, and his writing is that which is in existence that came about through his speech. 
Well, then they're very much intimately interconnected to each other. It comes out then that Sfar, Sipor, and Sefer are all one vis-a-vis -vis God, whereas there are three distinct entities vis-a-vis -vis man. The first man measures with his mind and speaks with his mouth and then writes with his hand that which he said. These three acts are therefore meant to characterize the one act that occurs when God creates. Man's mental measurements, his speech and his writing, are all representative of the object in question, but are not the object itself. But God's mental measurements and his speech are the object itself, which is synonymous with his writing. It's something that's very difficult for us to really perceive and grasp intuitively, because in our mind, there's always going to be sort of a cause and effect, right? But with Hashem, cause and effect are, are, are not separated at all. Right? So Hashem's speech is actually what is the creation on some high level, something that I'm really just repeating the words. It's difficult for me to grasp this also because typically there is a restrictor plate on our koach our ability to imagine. And the restrictor plate is we are typically limited to that which we are able to experience. That which we're able to experience, that's something that we can imagine. Maybe we could put together two different things that we can experience and put them together and come up with something within that realm. And that's something that we can relate to. But over here, what we're talking about is an existence that is completely different than any sort of existence that we can ever have had or, or relate to at all. So, but that, that ultimately is the way that Hashem actually creates, the way that Hashem, all three of these things are happening at the same time simultaneously. Although they, in humans, they are separated and they're divided, but when it comes to God, they happen at the same time. Picture, if you will, a weaver of ornate clothing, who instead of physically weaving the thread, simply imagines the work. The silk is made according to his will. It takes on the texture that he has imagined and the patterns he desires. He would then say that the garment was made with the weaver's mental measurements in writing. Or imagine that by uttering the word man or by engraving the picture of a man, we could produce a living human being. Our speech and writing would then be of the divine nature and we would be true creators, just like we create things now by picturing them in our minds. Right? I want to point something out, something fascinating. We are getting closer and closer to a reality that is somewhat akin to this. In what sense? Well, today, if you say Alexa or Google, you can change things in a physical world, right? You can actually just say a word and change things in the physical world. And, and there's actually 3D creation at this point, right? So you can actually hook up your Alexa to your 3D printer and say, um, you know, 3D printer create, I don't know, dinner. You know, these days you can create dinner if you're in a science lab, right? And, and so you're literally just saying a word and all of a sudden it's created. And that's something that gives us a little bit more of a sense of what it means to just say a word and have something act, right? That, that, that and have, I'm sorry, have a creation, something that is expressed in the physical world through our just speaking out um, our thought process. And just speaking out a thought process that itself creates. There's this fascinating thing. I forget the name of it. There's a program today. I don't remember, I don't remember the name, but check it out. It's really cool. You can go on this program and say, um, show me a picture of a sunset a woman lighting candles on Friday afternoon, okay? And it doesn't just find you a stock photo. It actually creates it or something akin to that from its database. So it has a database of tens of millions of pictures and captioned pictures and it's using AI. And whatever you tell it to do, it will then create that picture for you, right? It's, it's an incredible program, but that's literally what he's describing over here. The Talmud tells us that a lot of things that we have difficulty imagining as being something that Hashem can create as we get closer and closer to Mashiach's times, and when Mashiach comes, there will be things that will be akin to the original creation happening in the physical world as well. In other words, 
students one time asked, um, I can't remember which rabbi, but the students one time asked uh, an Amora or a Tana, how is it possible that a woman could conceive and give birth at the same time? It doesn't make sense, right? Based on our physical understanding. And he said, as we get closer to Mashiach's times, you will see things like that taking place, right? So the, the closer that we get to the time when Hashem will reveal himself to the world in totality, is the closer that we get to things in which we have these concepts becoming closer to our understanding, something that we can then appreciate and then recognize the reality of how that is completely true when it comes to Hashem. Take care, guys. Be well. Good night.